Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Dual Candle Radio with Lenora Sarver. Hope everyone's good today. Hope everyone's warm. Getting ready to get really cold. Want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, today it took me all week to come up with a theme for today, and then yesterday, when I was going over my devotions, which I share frequently on my Facebook and Instagram and a couple other social media outlets. Um, it's a devotion by In Touch Ministries, Charles Stanley. And personally, and I've followed Charles Stanley for quite some time now, and he's been a major inspiration in my life. Um, he is just jam-packed with wisdom and I really admire that you know someone who is seasoned someone who is experienced someone who's been through the tough times who has a voice of experience to direct and guide you know we're so hungry for that nowadays we you know there's so many people that don't know what to do next we don't know who we are where we're going (laughs) and we need someone to reach out and say hey this is it this is where this is how. So whenever you find somebody like that and they actually, you can actually use their advice, you know, that's a big thing because there's a lot of people that are used to advising. They just give this generalized, not even tailored advice. And you're like, yeah, okay, I guess you tried, (laughs) but I'm still sitting here with questions. I'm still wondering what to do next. That's one thing about Charles Stanley is I can just listen and find a lot of answers to what I'm looking for, to whatever I'm battling with, and he's really a blessing. And I know here recently he stepped down, and I was kind of sad, but I know, you know, his forever is not on this planet. His real forever is once he makes it to heaven, and that's his real forever. And I know that. You know, God's going to continue looking out for him, taking care of him, etc. But in the meantime, so far, since he has stepped down, a lot of his devotions are still in, you know, being published. They're still being mailed uh, by In Touch Ministries. So he's still blessing people. So his legacy will live on. And that is going to be a blessing for many. Um, but yeah, after reading that devotion yesterday, God's like, you know what? I need you to reiterate. I need you to speak more about this topic because a lot of people are falling by the wayside. And, you know, it's either they don't have enough faith or the word they're hearing is getting choked out the minute they hear it. So it's falling on, the thor- you know, it's getting mixed up within the thorns. It's falling on the ground. It's not going in the soil. It's not being rooted it's not doing its job (laughs) so let's get into this I'm gonna break it up into two parts Um, he's actually God is actually having me to the Friday devotion and the Saturday devotion so let's see what all I can get in here in an hour long show on anchor FM so I'll break it up in two parts I'll do Fridays and then I'll take a small break and come back and do Saturdays which is today so without further ado um, for Friday's devotion it says the danger of rebellion and I know many of you are very familiar with just the word rebellion I know I'm very familiar with it Um, it says do you feel that God's commands are restrictive and oppressive and that right there I mean I had to sit there and just marinate on that sentence for a minute because I, I know why it took me so long to come back to God. Because, you know, my youth, I found Jesus, and then, you know, I got messed up into the wrong crowd and the wrong people. Um, And then after I hit my rock bottom, I circled back around and came back to God. But one of the reasons why I fought and was stubborn and just stiff-necked, didn't want to listen, didn't want to change my ways, didn't want to act right. I just wanted to be a wild child. One of the things that kept me there 
as I kept feeling like, well, I'm not ready to be good. I'm not ready to do things God's way. I'm not ready to serve God. I'm not ready to deny myself. It's all about me. It's all about my agenda. It's all about what I want. And God's like, no, it's not like that. You know, it's not a matter of you having to do all the work. You just come to me and I do the work. I do the changing. I do the transformation. I release the bad habits. I break the chains. But all you have to do is come to me. So whenever I read this sentence, I thought, wow. And that's what a lot of people look at, you know, just the world of religion and just the, you know, Christianity or, you know, Judaism or and a lot of those people look at them like, well, I have to straighten up. I have to dress nice. I have to, you know, stop cussing. I can't go to the clubs and, and go to the bars and, you know, do all the things that I once loved. And, you know, you can do those things, but you will not have fun. Because once God transforms you, once he takes the desire, <laughs> that is no longer you. That is no longer who you are. So you can try to go out and do the same things, but it's, you're not going to get the same results. You're not going to get the instant gratification. You're going to be sitting there the whole time wondering why you're there and how you just need to go home, figure out what's really going on, <laughs> and just get out of that world altogether. The next sentence it says, this is a common attitude in our culture, but it's not one that believers should have. Our Heavenly Father commands are for our good. They train us in righteousness and protect us from sin. Contrary to the view that God's law hinders happiness, obedience to him is actually the source of great pleasure and contentment. Now, I know a lot of people feel like we're stiff. You know, we don't have fun. We don't do anything worthwhile. You know, who would want a life like that? You know, I'd rather be adventurous. I'd rather be, you know living the high life or living on the edge or, you know, something that makes your blood pump. Well, actually, and I know a lot of people can side with me here. Um, if you actually serve God and give him a chance and try him out, then you will see that is the most adventurous rush that gets your blood pumping. He livens you up. He teaches you what it's all about because when you're out in the clubs when you're out in the world when you're out doing all this stuff that is all counterfeit you aren't even getting the real deal and you always come home broke or you come home lonely or you come home in a worse shape than what you started out with but hey it's all in the name of fun right wrong every time especially in my youth I kept wondering why do they call this fun you go out you spend all your money, you drink entirely too much, you get in trouble, you get arrested, you do all this other stuff, you end up in horrible relationships because you're not going to find your ideal soulmate at a bar <laughs> and think you're going to get anything out of that because, no, it just creates more problems, more issues. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> just uh, save yourself and not even do it. Um, but our real happiness is when we come to God. It's not going to be anything in this world. And even whenever you first start out with God, you'll have that initial, if you actually, you know, said the prayer of salvation and it actually did something within you, you'll notice that first flame, that first fire, that first burst, and it makes it makes it feel like, oh my God, I'm on top of the world. I did something right. You know, this, this stuff really is real. I feel a transformation. But then you'll have that down period. What I like to call the wilderness or God's boot camp, where nothing goes your way. All the highs, you know, that you once had whenever you first came, whenever you first received salvation, that's all fizzled out. And now you're here and you're wondering, okay, this is not what I signed up for. What is going on here? Well, this is God basically taking everything off of you that does not matter. Everything that is a heavy weight, he is shedding off of you in this season. And then once you actually do get to the point where you're like, okay, 
I'm finding happiness in places I've never found before. I am actually understanding contentment and lack. I am understanding contentment in areas where I would be pulling my hair out because I didn't have an answer or I didn't have what I needed or I didn't have who I could talk to or the love of my life or, you know, who, whatever that would get you through. God brings you back down to size, strips away everything that doesn't matter, and then starts building you back up step by step in the direction of His will, which is normally success. A lot more success than what you would have had without Him. But then it says, define God's authority in any area of our life. Give Satan an opportunity to wreak spiritual havoc. And it says Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And as Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 tells us, rebellion against the Lord is always costly. In fact, the harsh truth is that we don't merely reap what we sow, but often reap more <laughs> than we sow. And later, then we sow. I'm going to focus on this for a second. You reap what you sow. So basically every single thing that you're doing, every second of the day, if you compare that to a sowing, like you're sowing a hem in, you're sowing, basically you're sealing up a situation with your actions in the sowing method. So it cannot be undone. You can sit and pick the thread back out and unsew it and then re-sew it into something else, but you're still sewing. So you need to be sewing to life and you need to be figuring out what sort of things can I be doing to create more life, to create more blessing, to create more success versus sewing to the flesh. That means sexual fornication, um, abomination, adultery, you know, lying, um, drunkard, um, it's a variety of things that you do where you're not giving yourself life, you're actually taking life away from yourself. So you're actually giving yourself death, which is not a good thing. <clears throat> but what it says also towards the end of the sentence here that I really like, it says, in fact, what we sow, but often reap more than we sow. So in actuality, if we're sowing to death, okay, if we're going out, we're doing things we know that God doesn't like, it's not in his word, that we have been taught, hey, this is the right way, this is the wrong way, and if you're purposely doing the wrong way, knowing what the right way is, not only are you sinning double, because to sin and to know it's sin is a sin <laughs> on top of that sin. But then you're going to get more because you already know better, and God knows you know better. So he figures if he turns up the fire enough, that'll get you to realize, hey, life and the path of life is over here, not on this path. I need you to straighten up a little bit and pick a better path, because if not, it's going to get really bad. And then it says, after, you know, reaping more than we sow and later than we sow. You know, all sin is kind of like a credit card. And a lot of people say that. And I agree. <clears throat> you buy now, you pay later. Whenever that is. But then there's a lot of people who fool themselves by thinking, Oh, well, it hasn't caught up to me yet. Maybe it's not going to. Hmm. <laughs> Don't fool yourselves. Because it will catch up. It is coming your way. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for mercy. And thank God for His grace, even though it's not a ticket to sin. So none of us want to find ourselves standing in a field of thorny weeds that we cause to grow. <laughs> I know somebody listening has went through this before. Or you caused all kind of stuff and you know it was you. But then you tried not to, you know, admit to it. 
And here you are standing in your own mess that you created. And you're kind of reluctant to look up to heaven for help. And we do this more than what we know. Life is too fast sometimes, and it's too easy to fall back into old patterns. That's why we are constantly having to do inventory. We're constantly having to renew ourselves in God's Word. We're constantly having to look for ways to break off that old man, that old woman mentality that we are no longer in. Because whenever you've received salvation, you've had the transformation, you've had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then it's very important that you understand that your results, you're going to have to grow into the realization of what happened. So you may receive salvation and say, well, okay, that was nice. And then go out to the bar. And you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I just got saved, but huh, I'm still here. You really have to wake up to the new creature that you are. Because even if you did go out to the bar directly afterwards, You'd be sitting there for a couple minutes until finally, you know, God would send somebody to say, hey, this ain't for you. Unless you're here trying to win souls, this is no longer for you. You are no longer this person. And God will show it to you in a variety of ways because you won't even be able to have fun with it. It'll actually feel like a chore. And that's not what anybody sets out to do whenever they're trying to live a life like that. But, whenever God takes a desire, you can still try to put yourself in those situations, but you're, you're not going to enjoy them. And it's going to smack you in the face every single time. Now, you can keep pushing, you can keep pressing, and you can you know, demand your own agenda and sear your conscience to where the Holy Spirit says, hey, oh, okay, well, if you're gonna, if you're bent on sinning, I've warned you, and I've warned you, and I've warned you. Now, let's let sin, consequence, circumstance take its toll. And you will find out in due time. Because he's not going to leave you just stuck. You're not going to want to be just stuck. So there's going to be a repentance and then there's going to be remission. And then you're going to be back on your original path, which wasn't going to the bar and doing what you did as the old man, as the old creature. So it's going to take an individual a little bit to wake up to the new creature they are. And it's also going to take another little bit to realize that it doesn't have the same stronghold over you as it once did. You know, your flesh might want it, but your mind and your spirit will know something a lot different. Because you'll realize, hey, this isn't controlling me as much as it once did. And that's the goal. Is God doesn't want us being controlled by those substances. He doesn't want us being controlled by those atmospheres. Because he wants us set free. And usually, the day we come to Jesus in salvation, we are set free that same day. And what's interesting, though, is it says, remember, it's never too late to start planting righteous seed. And the same principles applies. If we'll sow to the Spirit rather than to the flesh, we'll reap his fruit in eternal life. As a sovereign of the universe, our loving Father has our best in mind, realizing that wise men and women love his word and make every effort to do what it says. You know, as you walk with the Lord, you will begin to see the benefits of just being obedient to what he's telling you to do. Because then you'll start seeing, oh my God, this is actually working. Or, wow, this is working out way better than I ever could do it because I'm used to failure because of all my poor decision-making or my demeanor or my character. You know, God builds all this up, but he tears it down first. So keep that in mind. you got to go through the teardown to get to the rebuild. And that's kind of painful at times, especially when you're not ready to let go of this stuff. 
And a lot of people, they grew up around it. You know, they're accustomed to it. That's all the life they know. And now they're being pulled into a new life, and it's kind of scary. It's kind of, you know, unusual. It's like the great unknown. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, this is where a lot of people fall short. They see one of our, their spiritual brothers or sisters in a, in a mess. And then immediately we're like, okay, well then how did you sin to create that? Sin had to do that. When there's catch-2020s everywhere <laughs> for the spiritual person and, you know, the person who doesn't know God. So they could just be going along regular stuff, regular day, and boom, get caught up in something and need our help. Well, we are the body. We are supposed to help each other, believe it or not, folks. I mean, that is ideal. <clears throat> but it says, unless ye be tempted, okay, you got to think, what are all the ways that you are tempted whenever you see your brother and sister in trouble? First thing is their suspicion. What are they doing wrong? That is also a form of temptation because our actual call to duty would be in the next verse right here. It says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hmm. Now, if we're too busy casting stones or beating people with the book, it's going to be difficult to bear the burdens. So basically, lest thou also be tempted you know, take a moment to yourself. I know you're, you know, a lot of people just want to help somebody. They just want to rush in there, see what's going on. But then you've got the people who cause more harm than they do help. And that's usually the root of that is temptation, a form of bitterness. Um, it could be that you already didn't like the person. You've seen them in trouble. Well, it serves them right because you didn't like them. Not about that. We need to have more unity in the body here. And... A lot of people struggle with that. Okay, verse 4. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in one another. Hmm. Verse 5. For every man shall bear his own burden. 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now let me be a little bit more broader on the life everlasting. In every decision, you have two choices. You have the right choice, you have the wrong choice. You have the good choice, you have the evil choice. You have life, you have death. Choose life. Okay? Because that's what's going to give you good yield, good returns, multiple blessings. And one of the things that I've noticed in my experience with working with God and it, <clears throat> Him answering prayers and Him just looking out for other people that I've prayed for and, you know, prophesied to... Um, he never works with one move one of his move meets many works so if he's going to be answering prayers one of his moves just one is going to answer a broad view of prayers and issues and lack I always like to call it the domino effect and this is why not all of our prayers are answered immediately sometimes because God is actually waiting for these windows and these people who are obedient to step up and get in line so he can go ahead and put his arm out, his hand out and say, okay, I'm releasing the blessing. And it's going to go over this whole region right here. And I'm going to knock out every unanswered prayer, one move. That's how God works. And it says, verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season 
we shall reap if we faint not. So this goes back to what I was saying just a moment ago. You know, he waits for people to, you know, get in line with what he has, with the blessing he wants to bring over that region. And it takes their obedience, their listening ear to get this done. Verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now this goes back to what I was saying just a moment ago. You know, we need each other. We can't just look at each other and say, oh, well, Jesus got you. We need to be, you know, looking and seeing, is there something I can do that's not going to put me out too much? That's not going to, you know, take up too much time or whatever the issue or circumstance would be that keeps you from leaning over and extending your hand of help and being the arm of God to your fellow brother. Whatever is keeping you, whatever is tempting you, whatever is stopping you is also holding up your blessings as well. Best believe. Because God puts people in front of us wherever we go, and I like to call them hidden gems. And you will not see the gem. You will see the problem of them, the issue of the frustration of them. It's not until you actually get in there and start working with the person that you actually see the gem of the situation. So that concludes yesterday's devotion. I'll be right back in a moment with today's devotion. All right. Welcome back to the second half. The second half will be working on today's devotion by Charles Stanley and In Touch Ministries. And the title of this the ways we disobey. Oh boy. Better get ready. Alright, it reads, Salvation frees us from eternal condemnation, yet we still struggle with sin. The devil tries to deceive us. The world seeks to conform us. And our fleshly nature yearns to be satisfied. Thankfully, we're not helpless in the face of these temptations. God has given us His Spirit and His Word to guide us. This takes me back over the summer. After my surgery, I was just kind of sitting duck. I was out of work. And I remember God led me to this really extensive study to understand the desires and the wants of the Spirit and then understand the desires and the wants of the flesh. And the understanding of the two combined was almost like putting on the best set of glasses you could ever need or use to get the prime vision that you needed to perceive the situation for what it brutally and honestly is. And that's where I came to. So once I understood the two, because the two are not hand in hand, they do not go together, they do not work together, they're actually against each other. So you have your fleshly desires constantly trying to hush out and literally choke the spiritual desires. So you constantly have this battle inside of you every single day. And if you were to actually sit down and study the two, then you would see, hey, I know exactly where this battle's coming from. I already know how to conquer it because God already taught me how to conquer it, how to starve it, how to put it in its place to make it submit to the Spirit. And this is not easy. And this is actually a process that a lot of us have to go through, not just to learn about God, but to learn about us. Because one of the main lessons that we always learn in life first is failure. That is number one. You will learn a harder lesson, a deeper lesson that will stay with you through failure versus success every time because success it's good but a lot of people you know they believe it's overrated hey I made it to the mountaintop now what <laughs> what do I do now and it was actually funner in the valley than it was at the mountaintop and that's just what we have to deal with but it's very wise to understand the battle because it is raging 
every single day inside of us. And if we understand, hey, that's a fleshly desire, that's a fleshly, you know, plea for a battle, uh, then we know how to take care of it, put it in its place, do not give it authority, and do not fall into temptation with it. Because it is true what God says in His Word. You know, He only tempts us as much as we can stand, and He always creates a way of escape. But here's where the devil gets us. He gets us so frustrated and so intense and just so worried that we have to move now, fast, hurry up. Then we make those bad decisions and then we fall into that temptation and we totally forget to look up to heaven and say, Lord, you promised in your word you would give me a way of escape from this temptation. Show me. If we would take a moment in the heat, in the midst of the fire of the battle and reach out to God like that. He would bring through the deliverance we need to get out of that situation. He would bring through the open door to get out and escape the temptation and the snare that is awaiting us if we press in and fall into temptation. It is very valid, but we have to understand that if we don't see the way of escape, go into prayer because basically once you come to God your new way of life the main thing is going to be prayer you're going to stay in prayer you're always going to be in that position and it's a position of power and it's not like oh it's going to take too long or oh my god what do I do (laughs) yeah just go ahead and get in a good habit of it now And then back to today's devotion. Um, One of the things that it says here is, through our victory against sin, won't be complete in this life. We'll make greater strides against it the more we get to know the Lord and become like Him. But we should be aware of four ways that we rebel against God. So basically this is saying that you know, even though we come to God and we've been, we've received salvation to Jesus and we've had our Holy Spirit baptism and the deal is sealed, that we're still going to struggle with sin. As long as you are in this flesh, you will have that battle. You will have the fleshly desires coming to torture you, even, to haunt you, to try to get you to fall in temptation. But one thing you'll find out, it's never enough. So you'll think, okay, I'll fall into temptation this one time. Then I'll bounce back and everything will be fine. No, because it's never enough. That one time turns into two times, then three times, then four times, and then before you know you have a seared conscience and you're sitting there wondering, how did it get so far? How? How? And that's just all these little ridiculous excuses and things that would come up in our mind that are coaching us forward into the sin. Oh, I could do it just this one time. I'll be okay. You know, I've got Jesus. I can just go and repent. (laughs) Yeah, repentance is ideal. But you're fooling yourself by thinking the temptation won't overtake you because that is what it's designed to do. And once you realize things for what they actually are, then you have a better view of perception on what to do next. Okay, so number one, it's saying, by neglecting to obey his commands. A rebellion can be something obvious, like stealing or lying, or it can be subtle and private, such as harboring a bitter, unforgiving spirit. And you actually have people who live double lives at home that are drinking, and, and you know, they're waiting until everything gets done, and they get all their errands or whatever, and then they hurry up and rush home and lock themselves inside, and they just stay completely intoxicated until the next morning because that's their me time and it's like wait a minute you know you're out here ministering and you're trying to tell everybody else how to get a better life and you haven't even figured it out um we're gonna need a little bit more collaboration with consistency here (laughs) because if you can't set yourself free by applying god's word to your life and just 
grabbing onto his hand as he's reaching out to you. Here, come, I've got you. I have everything you need right here. Just reach out and grab his hand. Just come to the Lord. He's not going to the cross twice. Jesus went once. Okay, just keep that in mind. When you're out here doing these things, making these excuses and making these, you know, thoughts. These, I like to call them coaching type thoughts. Oh, I'll be okay. I'll make it. I can do it. I've done it before. No, 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 no. You know, catch yourself. Because if God puts you in a place, especially in ministry, you owe it to the people to do it right. You owe it to God to be transparent. You owe it to yourself and your own everlasting life to really apply what God is saying. You know, that's the whole purpose of a minister. God puts these ministers in place to try to show people the way. This is how you do it. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is how you get through the battles and the trials. This is how you overcome. So, by neglecting to obey his commands. And there's a lot of people who get caught up in that. Well, I know God told me not to do it, but I went and did it anyways because X amount, excuse, excuse. But you're still going to circle back around to the same truth. You should have listened. God knew what he was doing. Trust him. And just be obedient. Because, you know, you got to wonder how we would have panned out if the great men of God, especially in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, decided, hey, I'm not going to obey his commands. Would we have had the gospel that we have today? So even though we might be the arm of the body or the little toe of the body, we still have our own place. And it's even, you can even say, passing the torch. We still have the ability to pass the torch and keep the legacy alive. But we all have our parts and no part is less than the other. They all fit in, they're all equally important, and they're all for the same goal. And that is forming the body of Christ into the body. Because we have the instruction manual right here, the Holy Bible. And that is what we need to make this a reality. This is how we are successful in this walk. Any other way, you're shorting yourself, you're deceiving yourself. Okay, number two, it says, by actively pursuing what God forbids. Ooh, how many of us have done this? How many of us, we know we heard God say, that woman, that man is not for you, and we go there anyways? Come on, somebody. I know you hear me. And then you get on over there after God done told you no. And you found, then you find out. And then you've wasted God knows years. You know, it could be a matter of anything and resources. And you lost yourself in the process because you was too busy on your own agenda. Thinking, well, ain't no way, you know, maybe God was talking about somebody else, not this one. This one seems all right. I'm going to go ahead and go over there anyways. Now, when God tells you not to do something, you better listen. Because he's doing it to keep you from getting in trouble. And he already sees the path ahead. So that's where we have to trust him even more because we don't see things. We don't even have his understanding. We have to literally get into alignment. And that is daily dying to self before we finally get to just a a fraction of the understanding that he has over this entire world. So you just got to trust him a lot. Okay, so he has declared certain things off limits because they dishonor him and have devastating consequences in our lives. Respecting his decrees is wise. Now you look at the laws of God and what he put out in the Ten Commandments and then all the things, you know, all the people who would not be entering into heaven for various reasons. 
I mean, you think about the content of those people's hearts. It's pretty deep. And at times, it can be very morbid. But we've got to realize his understanding, his will, what he is teaching us is going to produce what I like to call diamonds. People who have been under a lot of pressure and they've formed faucet after faucet after faucet. And God's light is coming through and they are able to transport that light to everyone around them through one of those faucets that were created through the pressure. And in turn, gets the word out and gets God's purpose done while we're here. So if God tells you, leave it alone. Don't mess with that person. Don't buy that car or don't get that house or that job or whatever he's telling you not to do. You go ahead and do it. Be ready because you're going to find out the hard way. And he's trying to keep you from that. But our agendas are more important at times. So we deceive ourselves to think. Okay, number three. By doing what the Lord says, but in the wrong manner. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, boy. God evaluates not only our actions, but also our motives and attitudes. And here's the thing. You ever seen somebody just down and out going to the offering plate? Like, man, this is my last dollar. I could have done it with spending all of something, but now I got to give it, you know, because I have to. Because, oh, uh, uh, uh. no, he doesn't want you dragging up there. He'd rather you keep your money. <laughs> he wants you going up there, skipping, singing, whatever. They have a sense of, you know, happiness about you because you're about to sow into the kingdom and reap the kingdom rewards, okay? And there's a lot of people who do not get happy about that because they feel like, it's a minus and not a plus. But then they're also in the flesh when they do this too. Because if you're in the spirit, you're going to be happy because you know the impact of what you're getting ready to do. It's getting ready to change some lives. It's getting ready to go to the kingdom purposes. Because once it hits that offering plate, it's no longer your worry. It's no longer your concern. You let God and the church take it from there. You just focus on your own. Just get up there. Do what you know you got to do, and then get ready for God's blessings afterwards because you have sown in faith. You've sown in a form of appreciation and happiness. And that's what he wants. He wants his people happy. He doesn't want you, you know, down and out and grumbling and everything else. He's like, that's not what I created you to be. That's not what I set up for you to walk in. I wanted you to walk in success. All right, number four, by insisting in our own agenda. Mm, mm. Since Jesus Christ is our Lord and Master, we're to submit to His will and wait patiently for His guidance. Instead of justifying, rationalizing, or ignoring your rebellion, quickly confess and repent when you are aware of sin and let God's discipline teach you to love and keep His word. Here's the thing. You look at, say you have a significant other and you really love them and you're willing to do anything for them and if they tell you to not do something or to do something you enjoy following through with that because you love them this is the same with God if you really love him then doing what he asks you to do is not a chore it's not this big huge thing it's a joy because not only is he guiding you but he's right there with you empowering you to follow through with it and then you get to see more of him and you get to learn more of what he's placed inside of you as his child so it's just amazing how God is forming us every step the way all he has all he really needs from us to do is just be obedient do what he says put our own agendas aside if our own agendas took that much importance and would take top place and actually work, that would be one thing. But they don't. And we always fall short and we always circle back around to, I should have listened. I should have just listened to what you said, Lord. You don't have to be that person. You can carefully digest 
and marinate over what God is telling you and then move forward in the obedience you know heaven forbid if Abraham wasn't obedient <laughs> think about that one for a second okay we're going to be looking in uh, Psalms 119 if I remember right this is the longest chapter in the Bible Okay, so Psalms 119, verses 65 through 72. Okay, 65. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. (laughs) Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good, and do as good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, and I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Now this is somebody who really delights in the Lord. And this is what God wants. Because everybody's like, oh, I want God to bring me a husband or a wife or I want God to bring me a house or a car or this great job or, you know, all the things that we feel like we should be striving for. And if we would delight in him, his commandments, his statutes, all these things would be added unto us one by one. And let me tell you something. Whenever you finally understood what it means to be content in the Lord, you are not lacking. You are not going without. Then you are made whole. And you don't have the car because you have to have the car. You have the car because God blessed you with the car and it's an addition to the wholeness you already are in God. It's just like having a mate. You know, know, it says in scripture that a woman who is married minds the things of her husband. But a woman who is not married minds the things of the Lord. But at the same time, it also says if ye burn, then it is better to marry. But then you have, you know, the apostles that say, it's better to be alone. And then you have, you know, other entries in the Old Testament. It is not good for man to be alone. So God's original design is to be whole before the blessing. You know, you don't have to wait all these things to be whole. He's trying to make you whole now. And the only way he's really going to accomplish that is for you to put down your agendas. Put down your sacred lifestyles. Put down all the hidden sin. Because what is done in the dark will be brought to the light. That's how it works. And how would you like it to be brought to the light? Would you like to say, hey, you know, I messed up and I did this and I repent and I ask for the forgiveness? Or do I want God to bring it to the light and we just hope for the best? These are all very vivid realities. And... I'd say from this entire episode tonight, one of the things we need to realize is his laws, his commandments are are not a huge chore. It's not a bad thing. And once you have the spirit of God, that makes it easier. Okay, that's the ease that I can confidently say that you will have. It is easier to obey God than it is to disobey him because he will always circle back around he does not spare the rod on those he loves okay he loves you he's going to straighten you out and we need that because sometimes we get too far in and we can't see we can't make it past those moments and we need something from the outside to come in and say hey this is what's going on come this way we got you but the wholeness that his laws and his commandments and his statutes make for us cannot be counterfeit. We don't have to 
you know, we can't even apply instant gratification to this. Because instant gratification, you get happy for a minute, then you're sad. It's gone. Boom. And then you go back and do the same act to hopefully get two more minutes of the gratification because it was instant. <laughs> and with God, whenever he gives you happiness, it's eternal. And it causes you to be like an anchor and keeps you steady and stable to where you don't have the ups and downs and the emotional highs and the lows like what normally people would have without him whenever they're swayed by the circumstances of life. So if you guys have learned nothing else today, just be obedient to God. You will find in due time how rewarding it is. I mean, what better to enter a horrible situation knowing in advance, hey, God doesn't want me doing this, and then knowing the consequences are horrible, and then you actually obey God and avoid the, the consequences of the issue because of your obedience. You know, that turns the situation around. That makes it kind of worthwhile because... He saves us more than just salvation. You know, you come to God and He's constantly rescuing you. He's constantly lending His hand of help. He's constantly, you know, bringing comfort. He's constantly bringing deliverance your way. Because He knows what's in this world more than we do. All right, that concludes today's episode of Dual Candle Radio with Lenora Sarver. If you guys would like to see something a little bit different than what I've been doing, definitely uh, send an email to my website, www.requestfreeprophecy.us. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless.